Well, welcome to our second edition of the Travelling Brush Dippers. Um, hi, hi Sharon, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Nice to see you again. Good, good, good. Now, we were due to start recording this a couple of minutes ago, but something happened, Sharon, didn't it? What happened? <laughs> well, I trotted off into the kitchen to go and make a cup of tea, and I turned the kettle on and everything was absolutely hunky-dory for a, a few minutes, and then all of a sudden it went fucked. And... <laughs> So I'm, I'm shouting at my husband saying the kettle's blown up the kettle's blown up and you know there's no bigger crisis than not having a cup of tea when you want one is there but of course by the time I'd gone out <laughs> crisis English we're English it matters it matters and so I went out in the garage to go and get the spare kettle and as I turned the light on it didn't and I'm standing there thinking my brain's ticking over and thinking, no light, no kettle. So, yes, we blew a fuse whilst we were, um, I made the tea. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, we're here now and it's relaxed. And I have to say, I am so delighted with the reaction we had to our first episode. Hasn't it been wonderful? Yes, fabulous. Thank you, everybody. Thank you yes. for your support. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. It's grown rapidly and we are absolutely delighted. So thank you for your support and thank you for keep sharing us and telling everybody about us. Absolutely. Thank you. Indeed. Right. Well, today what we're going to be talking about is Sharon and her wonderful book, How to Draw Unicorns, because who doesn't need a unicorn in their life? <laughs> in simple terms, no less. No, no shameless plug there at all, Sharon. And why not? And why not? So I, I, I was bubbling with questions when we decided to talk about this. And, and the first one, I want to take it back to the beginning. Where did you start with, with your love for fantasy art and dragons, unicorns? and? Oh, my goodness. Um, right at the very, very beginning, when I was a teeny tiny tot, we used to share a house. We lived with my grandma. And my nan was very, very magical and into all the mystical fairy stuff and she'd we'd go for a walk and she'd be saying to me be quiet because the fairies are over there you know let's go and look for snow white so we'd walk through the woods and I'd be looking at the trees and trying to peek behind the bushes looking for snow white and if we saw toadstools she'd don't touch them don't touch them that's where the fairies live and I'd go to bed at nights and she'd always come and tell me a story. And she'd tell me about the fairies who were dancing on the pillow, playing with my hair. And, oh, you know, don't, lovely? don't be afraid, uh, go to sleep and the fairies will look after you. So that that all kind of started there. And it taught me to look. It taught me to observe and to be quiet, not always be a child running about shouting and, you know, <laughs> exuberant. It taught me to just be I was and the then, loud one. <laughs> I was loud. Don't you? Don't be mistaken. I could be loud too. But um, that kind of carried on into my teen years. So if I take people of a similar age, if you go back and you think about sitting and listening to music, mm-hmm. and that that has a great life force for me. Music. I can't paint without it. I just can't. And it's on all of the time. And I used to sit in my bedroom like so many other teenagers, just listening, reading the words, because they were the days when we had all the amazing album covers from vinyl. And some of them you 
booklets. So if, so if I take you back to a band called Yes, and you think about their album covers painted yes. by a chap called Roger Dean. This was a poster that I had on my bedroom wall. So this is a classic Roger Dean. I just loved his artwork and I've, I've photographed this from a book I have here. And this was a big poster. I can poster. see how that's inspired you. Well, look at it. It's just gorgeous, isn't it? And realistically, if you think about it, these are the islands that we've seen in Avatar. I do believe, and I don't think I'm wrong, that actually Roger Dean took out a lawsuit against Avatar because he had had the idea of the floating okay. island before the um, film did. So <laughs> my other hero is this chap. Now, this is Rod Rodney Matthews. And wow. the two were kind of running concurrently and his worlds, I just wanted to be there. You know, I just wanted to live in this amazing yes. world with all these incredible plant life and the, I, I just loved it. So it, I can it really was, see from your, your artwork yeah. how that those have influenced you. It was me. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So that's where it all started and that's where your passions came from. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Wonderful. So when it came to writing the book, how did you link up with the publishers? Did they come to you or did you approach them with an idea? How did it work? They came to me and I, I think that um, they had been looking for a specific type of book for their market, this yes. niche in their market. And um, they thought of me, which is really lovely. I was so pleased to be asked. And then well, I just had a, impressive, isn't it? It's quite a chuffle, yeah, quite a, a nice chuffable, feeling. Chuffable, yes. Chuffable. <laughs> um, I had an email from Search Press to say, you know, we're thinking about uh, producing this book and would you like to be the author of it? And I bit their hand off. What a silly yeah, I can question. Imagine. <laughs> what a silly question. So, yes, I, I went straight back. And I, I do believe my comment at the time was, what do you think? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I tell you, never forget me. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. It's really heartwarming when you get recognised for the sort of work that you do, isn't it? Yes, exactly, yes. So, um, yes, therein started the journey, really. Oh, brilliant. So what sort of a brief did they give you? How much of a free reign did you have? How, how restricted was it? Well... I I started off with they wanted 28 images of unicorns right. like the behind me and um, I'd been told that I needed to produce the line drawings for the unicorns well okay so that makes sense because it's a how to draw book okay and so I was told that I needed to produce line drawings probably anything up to eight for each image and I had to produce a sketch, so I had to do it in uh, just black and white in pencil. And then the finished image again, as you see behind me. All shapes to, to try and make it easy. And each particular process that I took, each step that I took, the new step had to be in red, leaving the previous steps all in black. So it effectively meant that I drew out 196 pictures. I've got the finished items here to show you as well. <laughs> wow. I was busy. 
yes that's quite a quite a workload this was the the pencil sketch and I managed yeah. to get for the fans of socks out there I, my cat I managed to get socks in on the picture here and absolutely then, yeah. fabulous um and I was oh, absolutely stunning graphic pens they asked me if I would please use um marker pens and I will fess up quite honestly and openly now now <laughs> that at that time I used marker pens for playing about and for coloring in because well, mm-hmm. I we all like a coloring book I do just mindless coloring yeah and at that stage I had I had got a set of marker pens and um the learning curve was like that because it you know it wasn't just a case of coloring in now I had to shade it I wanted to do it properly properly. and you wanted to understand it enough in order to get that across to other people as well because I know what you like absolutely and if you're going to do something do it properly I hit all sorts of problems all sorts of problems um the the marker pens I used were these here the style file so okay mixed set of pens like this and I had to go and look on YouTube and really really study it so I spent hours at nights when hubby was watching telly with my iPad going through YouTube videos learning the shading techniques the lifting techniques and then of course once I started I had another mega problem I mean the things you don't expect because the paper I had was junk you can't just use any kind of paper and I was trying to use normal drawing and painting paper drawing paper it goes straight through and it was marking everything I was working on it was going through the paper and then I was trying watercolor paper which is too absorbent so of course it soaks it all in like a front doormat and and you can't move anything And again, I had to go research on YouTube and go and find the right papers for the right job. So, yeah, it was quite, quite a a learning curve. What I told you is that in the long run, I was invited in September. I didn't really hear very much until the end of October. And then they said they wanted it all by the end of November. (gasps) hundred and ninety six pictures and wow this, and this wasn't this in lockdown was it this is when you're doing your normal oh, day job as well yes doing the day job and I had a poorly mum she was in hospital the whole time and so every single day I was driving down to Portsmouth so that's 25 miles to go and visit the hospital and come back and coming home in the no food was an issue because of course I was driving home in the rush hour and it was dark and it was winter it was horrible but um, I, my biggest problem with all of this was the fact that I'd been asked to do the pictures and make it, they'd said to me that they would allocate me an editor and I didn't right. hear from the editor for a while. So I thought to myself, well, it's all right, I'll just get stuck in and I'll start. And I'm, I'm drawing away and scribbling away, assuming, assuming <laughs> that it was going to be done one way big mistake what do they say about assume it makes an ass of you and me too right absolutely too right so my 196 pictures I was halfway through and they said to me oh no 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 every brand new step has to be in red and I had assumed 
that they would put my drawings through a vectoring program on the computer to make all the lines the same size and shape and thickness. Yeah. Don't. They don't. It's my my sketches. That's it. What you get is WYSIWYG. You know, what, what you see is what you get. Yep. And so I had to start my half all over again. And you literally, it's a case of drawing a couple of lines, taking it in next door to the computer, scanning it, saving it, printing that in black, black bringing it back, adding the new red lines back next door, yep. scanning it five times. And then I've got to do the, the, the drawing. No idea it was that involved. And so I was sitting up here at this desk where I am now, right through, you know, the night and people walking their dogs last walk at night, you know, were waving through the window like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sharon's still at work then. Yeah, Sharon was. So it's my, it Sharon's was my, still... yeah, my mistake. I didn't know I'd never done it before. And you've got that panic thing about I must get cracking. You do, but it's it's your mistake, but it's also, it, it shows the importance of communication and having that relationship with your editor so that you understand all of yeah. these things from the beginning. Absolutely. I have to say, the lady that um, I was dealing with uh, all of all through it, a lady called Monica Dazan, she was fantastic. I mean, she was... Brilliant. Um, we had a couple of... Uh, for some reason, people's, people don't like my emails. They always go to spam. <laughs> I'm getting emails from Monica saying, well, where are you then? You know, did you get my last email? And I said, yes, oh, I no. asked you twice. But knowing full well that that email was going to go into spam as well. So in the end, we had a brilliant system because both with her and the editor, I found that if I just pinged them a text at the same time, they knew yep. that stuff was coming. <laughs> oh, that, that works, doesn't it? Absolutely. Oh, wow. So... What was in terms of the process once you'd done your hundreds of drawings and and sent them all off? Did you send them off digitally or did you have to physically send them in? Well, that therein lies another story because originally I sent them all in digitally. I put them all in folders, nice and organized, each unicorn. I landed up with 26 in the end because I did a couple that were complicated and they were double page spreads. So they were all done, and I, although I had um, scanned them and saved them really, really high DPI, so for the untechs amongst us, big, big um, files, you know, uh, huge files. Excuse me a minute. George, I've got to let the cat out, Denise. Sorry. Oh, bless her. Come here. Say bye-bye. This is Sarah. Bye-bye, Sarah. Now, how beautiful. Come on, out you go. Out you go. He was keeping me company whilst I talked to you. So, yes, so I'd saved them all. I'd had, I had my 26 folders in the, on the computer, all perfectly organised. And um, even although they were that high DPI, big, big folders with lots and lots of information, it wasn't enough for the printer. So although my, my A4 goes right down to something this size, they still want it to be mega, you know, lots and lots of pixels. And we were going away. Every kind of autumn we try to have just a weekend away to break the winter up. Yep. And just 
find a cheap deal in a hotel. We were down in um, Woolly Moor, we were. It's beautiful, lovely, up country. And we took my artwork with us because they'd said, you've got to have to send it. Oh, my baby's in the post. Yeah, not not letting those out of my sight. I can't tell you. We took it with us because time at this stage was we were just about to to leave home and go away. And we took everything with us. I wrapped it up well. It was waterproof, solid, solid block. I mean, it was like this thickness of paper. You can imagine how much there was there. And we took it to a um, post office in Matlock. And I can remember standing at the counter and I was shaking. Nick had his arm around me. And the lady said, you're right, dear. And I said, yes, but this is absolutely, totally precious. It's artwork. I cannot replace it. It can't be replaced. And it needs, it just needs to be safe and you need to look after it. So we sent it next day before one o'clock and it was all insured for some incredible amount of money. I don't care. It was priceless to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I came out of the post office, and I can remember standing there on the steps of the post office, crying my eyes out. And Nick saying to me, "It's going to be all right. It will be all right." <laughs> Did you have a large gym that evening? Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. So that was... And another one the next day when you found out they'd arrived. So obviously they got there okay. I made a promise, me. I prom- made Monica and, and my editor promise that they would tell me as soon as they'd got it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, that's good. So from there, you've done your bit. What happens next and how long does it take? Oh, well, do you know something? I've got no idea, really, and this is something I want to look into. I was given, um, they emailed me all the proofs so that I could go mm-hmm. through it all. And I had to get a couple of other people to do that because you go blind, don't you? You just don't see and I was allowed to dedicate it so that was lovely because the person at the time in our household who was unicorn mad was Justin's partner Emma and so I was oh, wonderful to kind of dedicate it to Emma which was was very nice to be able to do um yes. and I I sat and waited but the lead time is enormous because I've since spoken to a couple of friends people we know so Ali um Ali Board and Matthew yep. Palmer and they were given deadlines for their books. That one of them was nearly eighteen months in advance to, to release date. Mm. So although I had to get all this in for November, the book wasn't released until June of, of the following year. Okay. So um, it's a fair it's old gap, isn't it? it? Yes, I've um, recently spoken to Monica and said to her, please. When things calm down a bit, I would absolutely love to be able to come and see you. I'd like to see meet the people I've been talking to. And I'd yes. love to actually go to the printers and see how it's and follow it through so that I know and understand the process, really. Oh, absolutely. Mm. So you waited. The, they were ready to be released in June. When did you get your proof copy, your first copy? Oh, I had my first copies a couple of weeks before that. And that yeah. was so exciting to get the book. And I can remember putting um, a picture up. I'll see if I can find it. I put a picture up on Facebook 
of the box and on the box it says Sharon Hurst author across the book. Oh, the box. how wonderful. And that was probably one of my highlight moments, really. You know, so proud. Oh, and the day that they they told me, get yourself onto Amazon because you now need to have an author's page. So to have your own author's page on Amazon, I was jumping on the spot. (laughs) Oh, how much. So I imagine that you danced around the kitchen, that you (laughs) hugged everybody. The cat's got a great big treat that day. Yes, yes. So it was very exciting. It's strange, isn't it? All the silly little things that mean so much to us, you know, as creatives, um, they probably wouldn't ring anybody else's bell. But for us as creatives, it's it's it it justifies who you are and what you do and how many hours you spend on it all, doesn't it? it? It indeed, because you spent all those late nights working into the night to get this done. And when you are a creative, it's not just a case of doing a job. You put your soul into what you do. You're passionate about it. So to have somebody validate what's in here is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So where can we find it? If people want it, where can they get it? You can go along to Amazon and just put in how to draw unicorns, put my name in. Um, Either of those will find you the book. So you'd be able to source it from there. Yeah. That's so good. So exciting. And what's next? Do you have any other ideas? Have you got any things that you want to do in the future? Oh, have I ever. Book-wise, I would adore to be able to... I've got several plans, actually. We all want to have, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, we all would love to have a book that is about our ideas, how we paint, what we do, all our little hints and tips, and I'd like, I'd really like to do that. Yes. But um, I've also got two characters that I paint consistently, and one is yes. Wanda. Yes, she's my good witch, my silly witch who does things wrong. And she has I've had painted... quite a few scrapes. She has had quite a few scrapes, yes, what with the broken broomstick and, yes, and the spell that went wrong and absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to paint her story and okay. I've also been, um, and, and, and do the story with it. This is what I mean, not just have the photograph, the pictures of the paintings, but I'd like to fill that in with the stories of what she's up to, what happened, etc. And I've also been painting the, uh, I mean, the people who follow me will know my muse, Luke. Um, Luke, yes. uh, I paint him quite a lot. And there's one character who is just, you wouldn't really know who it was. Or you only ever see the back of him with the cloak and the hood up. And he's mm-hmm. sometimes in the distance. And I would love to um, work with him creatively and produce a book of the paintings. And he is so good with story writing and telling. I mean, he's a real bard, actually. And to okay. get him the story that goes with the character. He's done it for a few of them, but I'd like to continue that through. And, and have create. it follow through from one mm. theme to the next, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. I have, uh, I'm just so excited. I, I've, Like you, I've got ideas in my head of things that I would like to do, but it's very different from having this vague idea to actually being able to do the process from start to finish. Yes. yes. Very, very proud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, for people out there who are thinking of it, 
it's it's a difficult world with regards to this nowadays mm. and having the ideas it is still not enough for the um the book publishers mm. and you know maybe it's time to be thinking about amazon and, and self-publishing if you've got the pennies or even okay you know going with somebody else and putting it to putting something together because it's it times is tough aren't they mm. I got lucky yes. because it was something that somebody wanted in a niche slot um but I know authors who have been writing for years and years who now are producing their next book and nobody wants them because they're not in fashion anymore whereas once mm. upon a time they were number two in the charts you know yeah yeah, no, it's so it's so difficult, oh, isn't, isn't it? it? It's, it's the same across all the creative, you know, particularly during this lockdown. It's been so difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nobody's selling paintings, are they? Because people are jobless. They don't have the money. It's it's mm. very difficult. It is difficult. Very, very difficult indeed. Mm. However, on a really positive note, I am so excited to have seen the book and to now know more about the process and oh it's just been fabulous insight um and it's been absolutely brilliant thank you very much Sharon thank you Denise thank you and what do we have to say and why not dip into our conversation next time see you you then